You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now locked and loaded for daily fantasy glory. DFS Lineup Lock, sponsored by DailyRoto.com, begins now. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Lineup Lock Live. We're presented by DailyRoto.com right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network and, of course, simulcast on Dish TV Channel 266. It's Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata as we get ready for Week 4. And, Tony, Week 4 kicks off tonight. What do you think about this game? I'm hearing that Aaron Rodgers is pretty gonna be, pretty much going to be with guys off the street protecting his blind side, it looks like. What do you think about that, Tom? Yeah, that leads me to believe that if I'm uh, over at our friends at MyBookieAG, mm-hmm. that I think that uh, the Bears are a little bit of a, too much of an f- underdog in this game. I like Aaron Rodgers still to be able to put up 300 yards passing tonight, probably get a couple touchdown passes at minimum because that's what Aaron Rodgers does. But I think it's going to be a ball game. I think we're going to be in another close game. Might be two Thursdays in a row we have some good football. Yeah, I completely agree. I saw it last at seven and a half points. I love that hook right there. I'm going to be taking the Chicago Bears myself. I actually, and the total, Tony, I believe is like 44, 44 and a half. You said you thought Aaron Rodgers is going to still throw some touchdowns. I might take this under, or I might do your trick, Tony, and uh, tease it all, and then take the Bears and the under. Let me ask you about that, though, because I'm I'm always good with the tease, but if you tease it down to 38 and a half, I think the Bears are actually going to score some points tonight. I really think that Packers team defensively has overplayed themselves the first three weeks. I don't think they're that good. Uh, you really uh, you you think that the Bears can't score against them? I like I like Justin Howard tonight. I like Tariq Cohen, and I know the wide receivers haven't shown up yet, but I could see a guy like Kendall Wright getting five catches, eighty yards tonight. Maybe, maybe, but I'm saying, Tony, the Bears, like, look at their game so far. You know, they really have been about 20, 21 points every game, every game this year so far. But, uh, you know, I... It's interesting because when you talk about the tees, right, I feel like you can go either way almost. I I can go Uh, under 50. I can go over 38. You know, I think either way might work. I agree with you, but just putting that principle out there, 2021, if they get that, right, which, like you said, every game you see them getting that, they're going to eat. The fact is going to put up at least 24 points that I like at the worst. Yeah, well, we shall see. That is why they play the games, Tony. And what we're going to do, we play the fantasy games here. You know, the fantasy, the DFS. We don't care about that 16% rake. We're going to keep playing. And what we're doing, we get, we went through our quarterbacks. We went through our uh, running backs yesterday. Today, it's the wide receivers and the tight end. We got a jam-packed show. And we've got poll questions up, okay? At the Tony Sincata At Spittin' Speeds is the way to find us on Twitter. We've got poll questions. If you want to contribute to the show and let us know what you think, as we go ahead and build the people's lineup. Tony, I got to ask you, though, you had some interesting uh, hashtags when making this the polls today. Uh, do you think uh, Trump cares about the wide receivers? Is that it? Well, he did take a big appreciation of football last weekend, so he, I haven't heard from him this weekend. I don't know if he knew there were games going on, so I just wanted to make him sure that he knew we were playing football this weekend. Fair enough. Our commander in tweets is tuned in. We know he watches a lot of TV. <laughs> Maybe he's watching the lineup lock live right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata, when we come back, we're going to start going into this wide receiver position. Some of the you know high-priced guys first, all right? We'll be right back. 
Hello, friends. If you want to win at Fantasy Sports, wouldn't you listen to people who have already won at Fantasy Sports? I'm here to tell you about DailyRoto.com. Don't be intimidated by the DraftKings and FanDuel Sharks, even the Fantasy Draft Sharks. The guys at DailyRoto.com have not only won a million dollars amongst one of the writers, but they've created three others. That's four people who have won millionaire contests from this content alone. Don't be fooled by screenshots talking about $25,000 winners from other places. Go to DailyRoto.com where they have a proven track record of creating millionaires. DailyRoto.com. Tell them Greg Sussman sent you. Welcome back to Lineup Lock Live right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We got Chris Pavona giving us a little oomph, as we come back here on a Thursday right before the Bears and the Packers get week four started on Thursday night football tonight. Tony, we're talking about the wide receivers today, and we start at the price at the top of the price chart. We got guys like Odell Beckham, AJ Green, Antonio Brown, and Brandon Cooks in our poll to discuss. I'm a little bit surprised, Tony, that Antonio Brown at nine. 9,300 is only getting 8% of the support of our poll. I know that the Steelers haven't really been as dynamic this year as they uh, you know, were expected to be, but it looks like it's Ben who's been down. It looks like Lev Bell has been down. It looks like Antonio Brown is just fine. I'm a little surprised only 8% of the people are supporting him. So I went back and I looked though, over the past history against Cleveland, and in He's actually a little down in those games, mm. and actually Le'Veon Bell is the only one that stayed close there. So I don't know how much people are taking in to account, you know, matchups versus certain teams. But wasn't it's that when Joe Hayden I- was there, Tony, and he's not there anymore? Right. I thought he's been the most overrated cornerback <laughs> in the history of football, and that's why he didn't have a team, and that's <laughs> right. why he waited right before the season to get there. I thought he was there. But to me, the guy, Odell Beckham Jr., right? You look a band, a banged-up secondary in mm-hmm. Tampa, a banged-up front line in Tampa. They can't run the ball. How do you not look at Odell Beckham Jr. this week? Yeah, I'm definitely going to have Odell Beckham Jr. in my lineup. I think he's also uh, – I think he wants to get into the end zone so he could do a little bit more of a respectful celebration this week. Okay, so I think he's got something planned. I think he definitely has something planned, and he's going to need to get into the end zone. I already told you earlier in the week, Tony, I'm serious. I'm going Eli Manning at quarterback because of the same things you just mentioned. Banged up secondary. Gerald McCoy banged up there for Tampa as well. And the most important part is that we know this offensive line is trash, Tony, so they are abandoning pretty much the run game. And I'm even seeing like uh, Vereen didn't practice uh, today. you know, also, who else? Uh, Darkwa is, is hoping to go. They don't know what they're doing at running back. Eli Mann is going to throw the ball 40, 45 times, and you know he's going to fix in on Odell Beckham. AD, AJ Green, though, Tony, has 52% of the vote. A lot of people like AJ Green. Maybe it's because of this shift to the offensive coordinator and how we've been telling you that they're going to pepper AJ Green with targets as their best player. You buy that? Yeah, I have A.J. Green in my lineups right now. Uh, the whole thing is, right, I mean, it's so much common sense. When you get a new job and you're the guy, you've got to change something. Like, you can't do status quo right. if something wasn't working. So the easiest things was to do were to throw the ball to A.J. Green and let Joe Mixon play more plays than the other guys. Like, it was so easy. That was the, what the Bill Lazor had to do that how could you not ignore that? 
And it's interesting. A.J. Green had uh, 10 catches in the last game and 100 yards. In his career, he's only had six games of that. So it's not like it's a regular occurrence, but I look for that to happen this week against Cleveland. And Cleveland's better against the run than they are against the pass. And I think, you know what, at the bottom line, if you gave me one guy to choose, A.J. Green and Joe Mixon, most people are going Mixon. To me, it's A.J. Green. All right, fair enough. And let's talk a little quick about Brandon Cooks. I got to tell you something, Tony. You know, Brandon Cooks had the big game last week, you know, five for 131 and two touchdowns. But they're playing a Panthers team that's third in the NFL against the pass. And outside of that big game that he had last week, I don't really think he's connected with Tom Brady that much. He's kind of underperformed for me, in my opinion. So when I see this price, I just don't necessarily think he's worth it at 7600 I think some of the guys in the next poll we're going to talk about – that are a little bit cheaper will outperform Brandon Cooks. So here's the thing. I think you got to make a decision. Do you go Rob Gronkowski, Chris Hogan, or Brandon Cooks? Because I think a lot of people are going Tom Brady this week, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to pair him up with one of those guys. You look at what Brandon Cooks did, 5 for 7, 131, the two touchdowns. The week before, as you mentioned, against the Saints, a porous defense against a team he used to play for, only four targets in that game. Mm-hmm. 22 yards. The first game against Kansas City, he had seven targets, only three receptions. You could see that because Brady hasn't there. So the one game that he's put up has been that third game against a good defense, the Houston Texans. I think he's worthy of a play. Is he better than Gronkowski or Hogan? I'd probably lean towards Hogan right now. Interesting, interesting. I was going to talk about Gronk when we got there because, listen, this tight end position has been eviscerated in the yep. NFL this year. So you you always tell me to pay for uh, you know stability and pay for yep. and and at this point, I really think Gronk is like the only stable tight end. Him and maybe Zach Ertz are really the only stable guys week in and week out. So if I'm going to pay, it might be at tight end. We'll get to that a little bit later. But as we said, 52 percent of the people, Tony, are going with AJ Green understanding that the laser is going to target A.J. Green a ton. Let's look at these uh, mid-level wide receivers, at least on the price side. We've got Keenan Allen at 7,200, Stephon Diggs at 7,100, Devontae Parker 67, and Jarvis Landry at 65. Let me ask you this, Tony. You put both Dolphins in this, in this poll. They're going across the pond to take on that incredibly what we think is a bad, porous pass defense of the New Orleans Saints. I can kind of believe that Parker is the down-the-field threat, the one that'll stretch the field, and Jarvis Landry is the one that gets a ton of targets, right? So in this PPR kind of setting of DraftKings, I might go Landry over Parker. I, I agree with you. I just think he's the better wide receiver, too. I mean, when you look at it, he put at 13 targets in his last game. He's a guy that I think his draft stock at season-long leagues went down because of the off-the-field issues. Right. And a lot of people came into the narrative, oh, Jay Cutler likes to throw the ball deep. Devontae Parker's the guy that will get deep. And they went with it, and it paid off the first two weeks. But I thought last week we saw the 13 targets is huge. And I would go out of those two guys, Javis Landry, I really believe Devontae Parker will be the higher own. But I'm hesitant on those two guys because here's the thing. The New Orleans Saints spent a lot of money in free agency in the offseason on defense and defensive backs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't play well the first two weeks. That can be said for a lot of teams trying to put new parts out there because we know the preseason's a joke. And they played 
unbelievable last week. So who's to say that they're not somewhere in the middle of being the worst team, being the best team, and like a 15 or 16 team? If you ever think they're a 15 or 16 team, then I think the other two guys are a better option here than what we're talking about. I think you can go ahead and you can look at a guy like Keenan Allen in that San Diego offense, especially if we hear bad news about Melvin Gordon, who's questionable right now, and he can't go, and then they're just going to chuck it, chuck it, and chuck it. And I really think that, uh, you know what, I'm going back to Keenan Allen. And Golden Tate, Minnesota, right? We Mm -hmm. give them all the accolades for defenses. Right. They're 30th against wide receivers. They've let up the fourth most fantasy points of any defense in football this season. That's very interesting. You know, Keenan Allen does have that bond with Phillip Rivers, and he does like to get peppered with those targets as well. I kind of feel, though, Tony, that the Chargers offense is one of those, like, I call them like the sum is greater than their parts. You know, I never know on any given week, will it be Keenan Allen? Will it be Terrell Williams? Will it be Gates or Henry? I mean, Henry on this offense is a complete, is a, is, is a great example. Like, week one, he had had zero targets. Then week two, he had like seven or eight catches. Then week three, he goes back to zero catches. You never really can tell. I want to ask you, though, Tony, about the guy who is leading this poll right now at 35%. It is my man, Stefan. Can you digs it at 7,100? Now, this is a guy. This is a guy who went absolutely berserk last week. And a lot of people were saying, oh, Case Keenum, Case Keenum. I don't know. You were the guy, Tony. I remember you said he's closer to the 32nd best best quarterback than the 64th best quarterback, but they weren't able to hit that first time in week two when uh, Case Keenum was there, right? So which one are we going to see? Because we know Sam Bradford has already been ruled out for week four. It's crazy. It's crazy because Stefan Diggs is the number one wide receiver in fantasy points this season. He's number one, right? Yet his price is $7,100. So, the top wide receiver is 9300 right. A lot of times I mention price enforcing, saying, hey, when a guy's too low, I just play him whatever the reason. And you know what? This comes under that trick right there. When you look at Stevon Diggs being that underpriced, I got to say he's playable. Detroit has way overplayed defensively mm-hmm. this season than what we saw last year. I like Stefan Diggs. Like I really think he has a hard time getting less than 80 yards in, in a game, and he has the ability to get up in the 30s. Uh, we saw him put up 40.3 in PPR leagues. That one bad game against Pittsburgh, Case Keenum's first game, 2 of 6, 27 yards, 5.1 fantasy points. I think the team was thrown for a loop there, the whole team, right. uh, based on Sam Bradford not being there. In the first game, 27 fantasy points. I'm looking at it like this. I think he comes in somewhere from 25 to 35 fantasy points this week. Yeah, I actually like that as well. And I buy into that narrative that week two, maybe it was thrown off. But now with the weeks of practice to adjust, I think you can run out Stefan Diggs. And at 7,100, I tell you, I like him better than Brandon Cooks at 7,600. I think he's going to outperform him straight up and you can save some money. When we come back right here on Lineup Lock Live, we keep talking about the wideouts. We go down the price chart a little bit and tell you what other guys are going to return some great value. It's Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, I'm Melissa. And I'm Jill. And we're the interns. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network and DKMS want to send you to Minnesota this February. All you have to do is play our big game trivia challenge sponsored by DKMS. 
Starting next week, answer four questions right, and you're heading to the big game. Tune in to find out when the contest will be running. So what are you waiting for? Play the Big Game Trivia Challenge sponsored by DKMS, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. doesn't matter what color you are here. We're all looking for the color green, and that's about that cash playing a little Daily Fantasy. Welcome back to Lineup Lock Live. It's your boy Dane Martinez with the Tony Sincata as we look at the wide receivers and tight ends for week four. To catch you up, we like some of these high-priced guys, especially Odell Beckham and A.J. Green this week, but there's definitely some value in the mid-levels. We really like Stefan Diggs, despite Case Keenum going to be starting for the third straight week for the Minnesota. Minnesota Vikings. Hey, Tony, let me ask you something. I'm looking at your shirt, though, man. Is that like an Army logo shirt? What do you got? Is that the Ace of Spades? Are you, uh, what do you got over there, man? That was uh, Fantasy Aces, actually, one of the daily fantasy sites that are no longer with us because of uh, you know the business being tough with the 10% rakes mm-hmm. and things like that. They couldn't cut it back in the small world and having to deal with the FanDuels and DraftKings. And I think when we want to get this business where we need to get the business – not not that we need more people and higher rakes. We need more people, but we need more opportunities. I think we need more than FanDuel and DraftKings, and I hope more and more people are able to survive that. I've actually been playing Daily Fantasy before FanDuel and DraftKings were around. There used to be a, a site called SnapDraft was the first site, and hmm. uh, they didn't make it. So uh, it's been around for a while, but a lot of people you know, just caught on when FanDuel and DraftKings came around. Yeah, well, you know, they have put so much money into their advertising. I mean, about, you know, that you can barely go through a day of football and not see be inundated with ads for mostly DraftKings and FanDuel. That that ad budget is uh really uh, you know, what's keeping them in business and maybe knocking off some of the little guys. Hey, Tony, let's talk about some of these wide receivers in our next poll. It's kind of a lower price uh, tier, shall I say. We got Jamison Crowder at 4900 Alan Hearns at 4700 Brandon Marshall at 4600 and Tyler Lockett at 4500 Tony, I got to tell you right off the bat, I love Tyler Lockett this week, especially if Doug Baldwin is not going to be able to go on Sunday Night Football. They're facing that Indianapolis Colts secondary, which we know is poor towards the bottom of the league. And if Lockett winds up being the number one receiver with Baldwin out, I think that this is just taking like taking candy from a baby it's almost too too cheap right there's mm-hmm. no way even if you even if you think he's going to be on like 40 50 percent you can't avoid it like your only other move is to go ahead and put in paul Richardson and try to go the other wide receiver right. here but i like i said tyler lockett to me is the guy he gets down deep he makes the big plays he'll be the number one wide receiver in this game i think at that price you have to put him in your lineup yeah, I think so. Well, one guy I would not be putting in my lineup is Brandon Marshall, at, even at the price of 4600 Tony. Let me tell you something. I believe, we talked about this, I believe that Eli is going to throw the ball a ton. I believe Odell Beckham is going to be great. But I honestly, I think Marshall is now something like maybe fourth or even fifth in the pecking order here when it comes to the pass catchers. I got Odell Beckham ahead of him. You got Shepard ahead of him. You got Evan Ingram, who I think is also going to get a little bit more targets. And then you got the back out of the backfield, Shane Vereen. Eli loves Pepper and Shane Vereen out of the backfield as well. It seems like Brandon Marshall has not really found his role with this team. Do you think that anything will be different this week? 
No, I don't. And it's funny because we'll have another poll a little later where Sterling Shepard uh, is getting a round of uh, a lot of love from the fantasy owners. Tampa Bay has the worst secondary in the league thus far through three games. I don't believe they're the worst secondary there, but that's still 29% of the season already gone. So you could say it's a small sample size, but it's not really a small sample size. Uh, it's over a quarter of the season already finished in the fantasy season. So I look at it like this. I think a lot of people there, I wasn't on Brandon Marshall. I think fantasy owners were in over their heads. I think analysts were in over their heads expecting the young Brandon Marshall. He's 32 years old. He's a big-bodied wide receiver that looks like he's not the same guy. Yeah, he does He does look like he maybe have has lost, you know, a step and a half, if you want to say that. Let me ask you about uh, one guy that I have in my lineups that is not in any of these polls. And I'm talking about Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald. I want to know what you think about him, Tony, because I want to ride him out this week because I saw that Monday night football game, and, you know, they have nothing else. I mean, Carson Palmer is peppering Larry Fitzgerald. I know he had a big game on Monday, but they're facing the San Francisco 49ers, and I really believe that Fitz can keep this up. Up and get, wind up getting nine, ten catches almost at like every game. Who else do they have? They were going to like Jermaine Gresham a bunch, and I don't, I don't believe in JJ Nelson. I don't believe in you know Jerron Brown. I don't care who else is out there. It's gonna be Fitz in crunch time when he needs him. What do you think about me putting Fitz in my lineup this week? Yeah, I have no problem at all. At sixty one hundred dollars, you look at that Arizona offense last week. Chris Johnson non-existent in the running mm-hmm. game he was so bad Bruce Arians had to come out and give him a vote of confidence saying he'll be back in the helm this week I think when you look at Larry Fitzgerald and you talked about the lack of wide receivers there I think Andre Ellington has slowly slid into being the second receiving option in that Arizona offense so yeah Fitzgerald's a good play there I don't think he goes and has a like a a huge game but 100 yards he's gonna get mm-hmm. seven or eight catches get there we're talking 18 points already. He gets in the end zone. Now we're talking 24. All of a sudden, we're at a big game. I'll take that. I'll take that. You know what also I love to do, Tony, is get guys from the Monday night game, the last game, so I always can still feel like I got a shot. And one of the wide receivers that are here in that game is Jamison Crowder of the Washington football team. He's at 4,900, and 21% of the people in the poll are agreeing that he is the guy that they would play. You know, Terrell Pryor really hasn't done it. We saw a sighting of Josh Dotson last week. Jordan Reed is like the comic book character, Mr. Glass, in my opinion. Um, Crowder, to me, is the best wide receiver. I was telling people before the season started that I thought Crowder would outperform Terrell Pryor because, again, he had that chemistry with Kirk Cousins. Um, Does anything here scare you, like using Chris Thompson so much? Or do you think, like, they know Terrell Pryor is like that squeaky wheel that is maybe going to try to get the focus to get him back going this week on Monday night? Or do you think Jameson Crowder continues to be the number one pass catcher for the Washington football team? Yeah, I think Jameson Crowder continues to be. I think that he's the one guy that was there, right? They brought in everybody else that's new. Jordan Reed is a guy that uh, we can't have any faith in. One game or the next there. At 4,900, I think it's criminally low. I think three games, uh, his price has dropped significantly. I think you go back to the well. And he's a guy... He's never going to get – he's not really a red zone option, but he's a target monster. Yeah. If you look at a Jamison Crowder and he gets to where he is, we're going to get 12 targets. He catches eight or nine balls. We can put up 100 yards there. At 4,900, we have a great, great opportunity to go four times the value. 
Right. And he's playing in that last game of the week, so I'm going to feel like I still have a chance. Let me, t- let me ask you something, Tony, because we're talking about these guys, uh, whether it be Fitzgerald, whether it be Jarvis Landry, whether it be a guy like James Encrada, that we're talking about like the target monsters. And, and in this PPR format, right, can you tell me a little bit, Tony, about like what are the different kinds of wide receivers? You know, we know that there's some guys that like take the top off the defense, you know, and the Deshaun Jackson type that may only get like three catches before 120 yards. What kinds of wide receivers, especially in this PPR format, are we looking for those kind of slot guys that get a lot of catches for a more, more kind of like guaranteed opportunity? Because as you've taught me, Tony, it's all about opportunity in DFS. If I try to simplify the process, I think the way I would simplify the process is I'm looking for guys that lead, their, lead the league in targets that mm-hmm. play it in games with high totals. And if you want one guy, that's why we're always on Antonio Brown, right? right? There's nobody that gets as many targets. The games are always high totals. And that's why there's a lot of love for DeAndre Hopkins lately. DeAndre Hopkins has a salary that's down in the 10 to 14 wide receiver, yet he's still leading the league in targets. He has a rookie quarterback, but he's still that's the only guy he's throwing the ball. So that's why in Daily Fantasy, DeAndre Hopkins becomes attractive to us. It's about chasing the targets in games with the highest totals. All right, so we'll start by looking at the over-unders of some of the games, and then we'll look at those teams and see who are the quote-unquote target monsters. Let's look to our next poll, Tony. You already mentioned one of the guys that is right now leading this poll. We're talking about Sterling Shepard at 5,000. Our other choices are Pierre Garçon at 5,500, Devin Funches at 5,300, and Terrell Pryor at 5,400. I'm telling you, I think Crowder is better than Pryor, so I'm 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 real happy that I could go with Crowder yeah. at five hundred dollars cheaper. And and uh, on the flip side, we were talking about the Giants with Sterling Shepard. I think the gap is you know I think it should be a lot bigger between Sterling Shepard and Brandon Marshall. Sterling Shepard is you know obviously there's Odell Beckham, but I mean Sterling Shepard has especially in the last couple of weeks really proven to be uh, one of the favorite targets of Eli Manning. You know, when I look at Eli Manning, right, and that what they did in the offseason, they couldn't run the ball last year. They had Odell Beckham Jr. last year, and they went and they added Brandon Marshall, and I thought it was the biggest mistake because I thought Sterling Shepard could play. I thought he could absolutely right. play and have two good wide receivers like Odell Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard. They were fine. They should have took whatever money they spent on Brandon Marshall and got an offensive lineman or a top-flight running back. I mean, to me, it was the worst off-season acquisition move was Brandon Marshall because how good I think Sterling Shepard is. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. 33% of the poll agrees as well. Sterling Shepard, and remember, I am keep on going back to this narrative with some of these teams with bad offensive lines that can't run the ball. Arizona is one of them, and the New York football Giants is definitely one as well. Well, Eli Manning is going to throw the ball. I like Sterling Shepard a lot at $5,000. Let me ask you about Devin Funches real quick before we go to break, Tony. At 5300 I mean, I understand that Olsen is out. Kelvin Benjamin is questionable. But I can't trust anybody on Carolina right now the way that Cam Newton has looked, right? Oh, my God. That's the whole thing. I mean, Devin Funches, I think a lot of people went there last week. I don't see a lot of people going there. The New England Patriots defense is the 32nd in the league against covering wide receivers. But here's the thing. And I give my friend, the King, Scott Engel, a lot of credit for this. The King, Scott Engel, says a lot of times we over-evaluate the matchup. 
Look at the Carolina offense. Forget what the Patriots do and what they don't do on defense. They can't get out of their own way. It's hard to go there. Yeah, I would be sitting all my Panthers this week, maybe with the exception of uh, Christian McCaffrey, but that's another topic for another day. When we come back on Lineup Lock Live, we start looking at the tight end position. Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata will be right back here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. If you want to win at Fantasy Sports, wouldn't you listen to people who have already won at Fantasy Sports? I'm here to tell you about DailyRoto.com. Don't be intimidated by the Draft Kings and FanDuel Sharks, even the Fantasy Draft Sharks. The guys at DailyRoto.com have not only won a million dollars amongst one of the writers, but they've created three others. That's four people who have won millionaire contests from this content alone. Don't be fooled by screenshots talking about $25,000 winners from other places. Go to DailyRoto.com where they have a proven track record of creating millionaires. DailyRoto.com. Tell them Greg Sussman say you. Welcome back to Lineup Lock Live right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata getting you ready for week four of the NFL and the daily fantasy season. We've been talking about the wide receivers. The last people we were talking about, a little bit lower price than 33% of you agree that Sterling Shepard is a play. Tony extolling the virtues of Sterling Shepard. I agree, Tony. I thought that the Brandon Marshall signing was uh, you know, a little redundant and it was only going to kind of limit the path to opportunity for Sterling Shepard. I tell you, I feel the same way about the Saints signing Adrian Peterson and what that did for the kid Alvin Kamara out of Tennessee. And uh, you know who else, though, Tony, likes Sterling Shepard? Our guy, Sean McCormick. He says he thinks Shepard's going to catch six for 60 this week, and he he thinks he's going to get into the end zone as well. You buy that, what Sean's saying? Well, if Sean says that, that's 18 fantasy points, and uh, I'll be happy then, so I would absolutely go that way. Now, I hope that's 18 uh, fantasy points American and not Canadian, as Sean is from Canada. Yeah, absolutely. We don't know what the conversion rate is over there, E. Um, Also, you know, Tony, one of the things we were talking about earlier on in the show, you were talking about other daily fantasy sites, you know, um, that maybe some survive, some don't, some get eaten up by the monsters. We have an an interesting story that came out, you know, Last week, you know, DraftKings does the million dollar maker, the million maker every week, right? And apparently the guy who yeah. finished in third place last week won $100,000 may have actually been ineligible because he works for another daily fantasy site. Do you know anything about this, Tony? Yeah, so the guy is named Steve Dakota, and it's a relatively new site. Right. And you, you could make the argument whether it's actually a daily fantasy site. Now, where Steve Dakota draws himself in trouble is that people point to his Twitter bio mm-hmm. uh, when they mentions that he's the CEO and co-founder of a daily fantasy site. Now, personally... I have no problem with this at all. Okay. The guy doesn't work for DraftKings. He plays for another site. He gets there. But I do have a problem with the industry and how it regulates itself. They spent all this money on regulation, and we still don't know what the rules are, and it's sad. Because I think the sites are really doing a disservice to themselves, and it's not just DraftKings. It's not just FanDuel. What makes people worthy of playing or not playing? Nobody's ever defined it. Guys like... Mike Florio, who works for us, mm-hmm. right? He used to write articles back in the day for FanDuel. Was he eligible or not eligible to play at FanDuel when he's making $30 a month for writing two articles? Right. Should that bar him from playing? 
No. I think it should. I think it should based on all the criticism the industry got. But I don't have a way, one way either or other. But what I'm saying is every site has a different rule. Ricky Sanders, FantasyDraft.com. We do business with them, right? Mm-hmm. Ricky Sanders has been on all of our programs. He's a great guy. There's nothing wrong here. But he does interviews for them. He writes for them. And he plays on this site all day long. This industry, whether it's regulated or not, still has things that should be discussed. And every site that should get on board or somebody should be telling them what to do. The regulation is not where it needs to be. There you have it, Tony Sincata getting it in on the fantasy industry. Let me I, I guess I agree with you, Tony. I think transparency is king, right? Yeah. You gotta understand why or why not, what it is that makes you ineligible. And Tony, let me ask you something, right? It's probably because of uh back in the day, you know, they had what was it exactly? Can you tell me about the situation with Ethan Haskell back in the day where he, like what he was yeah. working for one site but playing on another one and he like saw the yeah. percentages that were owned and that like before, yeah. you know, we all see how many people the percentage that is owned uh when the contest when when games are actually being played but he had access to that information beforehand and so you know i say it all the time on this show you want to zig when other people are zagging so not only do you want to have the best guys but you want to have the best guys that are not owned so that when they score you get a heads up on the on the competition right so is that really the reason and the rationale behind trying to not have some of these employees or other people um playing on those sites Absolutely. So back for all the people that are new in the daily fantasy industry, the 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 one story that really, really hurt the industry, Ethan Haskell was a member of DraftKings. He worked at DraftKings, and he had to write a story about ownership percentage. Well, he got the ownership percentages from DraftKings prior to the 1 o'clock kickoffs. Right. And then he went over and played in a contest at FanDuel because DraftKings had a rule that you couldn't play on the DraftKings site if you were an employee, and it made sense. He won $400,000 in that tournament, and then it came, all the stories came out, the New York Times, and then this story came out that he had a story out before the 1 o'clock deadline was set, and he had ownership percentages, and he used that insider information to win $400,000, which if anyone knows anything, that's the biggest line of BS of all time. I feel bad this kid got caught in the middle because just because he has the ownership percentages doesn't mean that your guy's going to go out and catch 100 yards, mm-hmm. three touchdowns, and, and things. And this kid really, really got rung under every single mat you could get rung out in the mm-hmm. world. And it was all because of a lack of institutional control at DraftKings, at FanDuel, and it's still still some things that I think should be tidied up a little bit. Let me ask you this, Tony. You know, you mentioned this situation that took place, and he had the ownership percentages at DraftKings, but then he went over and played on FanDuel. How... How uh, how certain could you be that the ownership percentages would be consistent? You know, like if I say... They're not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if you have that quote-unquote inside information, but yeah. you're playing on the other site, just because, let's say, uh, you know... Odell Beckham is 67% owned in on FanDuel. Is that to say that it's it's going to be consistent and he's going to be owned in the same at that same level on another site? We've been doing this for three or four months together right now, right? Yeah. And back in the baseball, 
you saw the differences in the prices, right, from right. some of the guys on DraftKings and some of the guys on FanDuel. Just three or four guys with different price tags changes the whole aspect of how you go about it and changes the ownership play. So, no. And that's why I think the people in the industry gave Ethan Haskell a free ride on the situation. And the only people really killing him were people in the press that didn't know about it and guys that you know are on Twitter and Facebook that like to complain about everything out there. Because to me, it really wasn't a big advantage. It showed what's wrong in the industry because here's the whole thing. If Ethan Haskell was able to access those type of things, right, the ownership percentages, mm-hmm. let me ask you a question. I'll use my own Drew Dinkmeyer, right? Uh, DailyRoto.com is yeah. the owner. He's won a million dollars. If I'm able to get the ownership percentages – Say I work at DraftKings, why can't I call you and say, hey, give me Drew Dinkmeyer's lineup that he's using in 30% of his tournaments. Now, you could say, oh, they'll never give it to you because that's against the rules. Well, you already broke the rules once. Right. What are the rules is the question. That's what we got to get to. And, uh, you know, that's Tony Sincata very plugged into the daily fantasy industry. So not only are we going to be giving you what we think here in, in terms of your lineups for week four, but we'll also keep you abreast of what is going on in the industry. But let's look back now because we still got to talk about tight ends, Tony. And uh, we got a poll question up on Twitter. The tight end options we have are Rob Gronkowski at 6,600, Travis Kelsey at 6,000, Kobe Fleener at 3,400, and uh, Cameron Brown. Great at 3,800. I told you, Tony, remember uh, earlier in the week, I said that I like some of the lower-priced running backs. You know, I thought that Joe Mixon, the algorithm, has not caught up to him, and I like Dalvin Cook, not some of the really high-priced ones. So I'm saving some of my money for this position. I believe that, you know, the tight end position has not been stable at all, so I'm going to pay the 6,600, and I'm going to get Rob Gronkowski in my lineups, because you were talking about how great Brady has been, and I think Gronk is going to be the most dependable target for him this week against Carolina. I think it all comes down to lineup construction this week. I like all four of these choices at tight end. You see uh, Rob Gronkowski, right? He's the New England Patriots number one target. I mean, he's caught 91 balls quicker than every other player except two in history in the NFL. And those are all wide receivers. This guy's doing it at tight end. And then you look at Travis Kelsey. He had one fantasy point last week. How many times do we see a guy that's a marquee player after a bad game, teams go out of their way to get him back in the offense? I think the same thing happens this week with Travis Kelsey. Cameron Brait gets the Giants. We talk about every week how the Giants can't cover the tight end, and every week it continues to happen. And then Kobe Fleener, in that passing game, they're going to throw the ball. He's been getting in the end zone. His price doesn't rise too incredibly. I think all four of these guys can play. I think the tight end is the last option you put in your roster. See where you are salary-wise. If you have the money for Gronk, you pay it. If you don't have the money and you have just a little short, you go to Kelsey. And then if you have to go down, then you go down a break. Fair enough. And I'm a little surprised. 35% of the people are taking Cameron Brait this week. I think it is that matchup, Tony. We know the Giants are one of those teams that are very bad against the tight end. The Oakland Raiders, I believe, are as well. And, you know, our guy Sean McCormick is also taking Brait, saying he's going to go make America Brait again. Thinks he'll get into (laughs) the end zone. Let me ask you, you're not concerned about, uh, you know, the kid O.J. Howard um, getting a little bit of those looks like, do you think Tampa has enough to support two tight end production? 
I, I think when you look at O.J. Howard, I think he's going to be a great tight end. I think he'll be in the league for 10 years plus, and I think he can catch the ball, but it doesn't look like Tampa's given him the opportunity thus far. They use him mostly as a pass blocker. So just based on the way they're using him, um, I think it's Cameron Brait, and he's more of the pass-catching tight end uh, in their system. And I think they're actually, uh, to your point, not utilizing O.J. Howard the way they should. Yeah, maybe it's one of those things where he'll grow in his production as the season goes along, as he starts to understand the blocking schemes and the routes. It's a lot for a rookie tight end. I've always said this, Tony. The rookie tight ends that have to learn all the NFL blocking schemes and the entire route tree, it's really hard to produce as a rookie at tight end. But 35% of the people are going with Cameron Brait to try and make America Brait again. I personally am going to try to make sure I have enough money to fit Rob Gronkowski in my lineup. When we come back, here on Lineup Lock Live. We tie a nice, neat little bow on this episode. And, uh, you know, Tony will tell you who he likes at wide receiver, and I'll tell you who I like at wide receiver, and then we're going to put it all together tomorrow and make the people's lineup. The people need to make some money. They're down about 60 bucks. You can't have Tony, you know, fitting the bill for this. DFS lineup block sponsored by DailyRoto.com. Odell Beckham Jr., right? You look at a banged up secondary in Tampa, mm-hmm. a banged up front line in Tampa. They can't run the ball. How do you not look at Odell Beckham Jr. this week? Yeah, I'm definitely going to have Odell Beckham Jr. in my lineup. I think he wants to get into the end zone so he could do a little bit more of a respectful celebration this week. <laughs> okay, so I think he's got something planned. Weekdays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. FNTSY.com slash radio. Welcome back to Lineup Lock Live right here, presented by DailyRoto.com, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata. We've been talking a little bit about the industry as well, but, you know, we are part of the industry here at the Fantasy Sports Network, and what we're doing is partnering with DKMS to help support the fight against blood cancer. Here's what we're doing in our partnership. We got a, uh, you can go on over to dailyroto.com. You can go on over to rotoexperts.com slash DKMS. You can enter for free a DFS contest every week of the football season, weeks one through 16. All of the winners then get entered into a DFS contest for week 17. And you gotta love that because fantasy football season long is done by week 17, right? And then if you win that, you get two tickets to Super Bowl 52 in Minnesota. But more importantly, when you go on the website, you can learn a little bit more about the disease and how you can help the fight against blood cancer. You can register to be a blood donor. You could register to be a bone marrow donor, and you can help save a life. So then even if you lose the DFS contest, you still win. You got to like that, right, Tony? Oh, absolutely. Any other time you can go and do something right and benefit from it, I mean, you could be the man. I mean, you could be just like uh, Rick Pitino, or you could be the Joel. You know, you know what's crazy? It's funny with Rick Pitino, right? This guy escaped every issue. And I'm thinking about it today. Joel Olstein reminds me of the Rick Pitino of religion. <laughs> Care to elaborate, Tom? Well, I mean, they're good-looking guys. They're a little shady, mm. and you don't want to know too much about them. 
And the bottom line is the end of the day. You know exactly what you need to know, but you don't want to know. Fair enough, fair enough. I think Patino, wasn't he also like the coach of like the Puerto Rico national team at one point? I think, you know, I mean, maybe he's, uh, you know, he's getting his bread buttered a lot of different places, both Patino and Joel Osteen, as it were. Hey, Tony, let me ask you one more question. You mentioned... Uh, at the tight end position, that the way you're building your lineups this week is to do every other position first yeah. and then see what you got left, okay? I, 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 That's the first time I've ever heard that. Do you do that all the time with the tight end position specifically, or do you like— No. Okay, so tell me, tell me why this week is that the approach. So basically, I think there's four like legitimate uh, options at tight end, arranging like we said, pole, 66, right. 6,038, 34. So basically, the first thing I do is I will go to all the positions and I'll go backwards. So I'll start at the lower end and work my way mm. up. And guys that are absurdly uh, priced, I put in my lineups right away. And then I look and I see how much money I left over and I adjust accordingly. Like I have one lineup done for Thursday to Monday and I have Rob Gronkowski as my tight end in that one. Okay, fair enough. So it sounds like – And I have two tight ends, uh, much to the credit of our program director, uh, Mr. Mike Cardano, who's a big three tight end guy. You don't have that option there. But I have Zach Miller in tonight's game. I think he's on the price of 2800 They're going to have to throw the ball. They don't throw the wide receivers. I think he comes into play, and Rob Gronkowski at 6600 Absolutely. So it sounds like what Tony does is he identifies the guys first that, like he says on the show, listen, the price is absolutely too low. He thinks he's going to get the value there, so he starts them in – and then builds it around that, going from bottom to top. And then, you know, you kind of find out how much money you got left, and then you can kind of go toy shopping, right? And then it's like, oh, I yep. got enough for Antonio Brown? Great. Oh, I got enough for Le'Veon Bell? Great. Let me fit him in. But he knows that because he's first identifying the guys that he thinks are undervalued and, uh, you know, can return some great uh, ROI, as it were, and then fills in with the big boys at the end. That's what we do here on Lineup Lock Live. We're not just giving you the fish for week four we are teaching you how to fish and tony i gotta tell you something our guy ted finn jr is still getting it done it's week four and he's still out here what do you think uh this is the most amazing thing i mean he outlived hugh hefner uh that's amazing do you think that he has any chance at all at uh, outliving the rolling stones guitarist um the name escapes me right now Keith Richards? I don't know. Maybe he yes. will. Maybe he will, but I'm going to put the over-under at, at around week 11, so we'll find out. Come on in and tune in, and you'll find out as well. It's Lineup Lock Live. We'll see you tomorrow. Dane Martinez, Tony Sincata. Peace.